Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host, James, and today we are going over the episode Shanghai Hijinks. We're gonna get into that in just a second, but first I do want to apologize for the delay that has been taken because uh, this last week has been busy and this month is also going to be just a tad busy depending on uh, things that happen in this month and uh, we'll see how it goes and we'll figure it out so back to the episode or the episode name as it were last time I mentioned that the episode was just called Shanghai Jinx, but it's just Shanghai Hijinx. Why? Come on. Co- commit to, like, the, the name relation. <laughs> just commit. Don't, don't go halfway. You certainly don't go halfway on some of it. <laughs> in this episode and frankly I kind of wish you did in uh, preference to going halfway on this cause like oh goodness this episode is a doozy <laughs> it's a it's a it's real doozy we're gonna get into it so Blythe is organizing dog tags like literal dog tags not army dog tags as it were, uh, onto, like, a pyramid structure when she hears, uh, Mrs. Trombley scream, and then she drops all the dog tags and goes over to see what's going on with Mrs. Trombley. So, so, Mrs. Mrs. Trombley says that she was invited to a Chinese New Year's celebration in Shanghai to be the guest of honor as the originator and master of kung fu quilting. We're we're back to this being a thing in this world. I mean, I like it. I like the idea of kung fu quilting. I just think that for as serious as this show gets at times, that is a bit too silly of an idea. But, like, Shanghai Jinx is too silly. But not Kung Fu Quilting. Do you see my problem with this show yet? Do you see why this might be conflicting? <laughs> because... Kung Fu quilting is a lot sillier than just simple wordplay. Mm. So, Blythe thinks that this is cool and proceeds to try and get all the dog tags onto that uh, pyramid thing again. And that she can watch the shop while Mrs. Tombley is gone. Which... I mean, I do want to point out, again, the nature of her job. Like, she just 
goes off randomly at times or just checks in for a minute at times. Like, leaving a whole shop to her... Like, I'm sure she could, but, like, there is evidence to suggest that she might not be the best at it. Although it might be a bit slow. Except they did an episode to combat how slow the thing is, so... I don't know. But then Mrs. Twombly shocks her because uh, Mrs. Twombly is going to decline the offer to go to Shanghai. So uh, Mrs. Twombly explains that the invitation was for her and her family and that she doesn't really have any family to go with her. And that uh, her sister and only relative is on a top secret mission in Antarctica for two years. Which that is um, some secret, I guess. I mean, it is more fun to speculate on these types of things. But that's my job here at the Littlest Petcast. Speculation. So, I don't know. I actually was not prepared for this. Because, like, I kind of like keeping this mystery just a mystery. Because, like, it's more fun that way. Uh, We're, like, almost six minutes in. And we're not even at, like, the worst parts of this episode. And I'm already rambling... So here we go. Blythe then makes the argument that she and the pets are her family and that they can go with her. Mrs. Tromley's a bit hesitant, but Blythe sweetens the deal because if you're traveling with pets, then you can just go on the pet jet, which is not uh, crowded, I guess? As much? I mean, it isn't. Like, the times we've seen it in use, it's just, like, a few passengers. Like, very few. Okay. And then Mrs. Trombley agrees to it. So then Blythe bursts into the play area and says that we're going to China. And Vinny is confused because he thinks China uh, is the plates and not the place. I realized the confusion in that word choice just a little too late. Uh, and then Sunil and Russell explain that China makes the plates as well as a bunch of other things. So uh, Russell asks, why are we going to China? And then Penny Ling Oh, we're we're gonna get there. Gonna get to it. Just, just, just hold, hold on with me. Penny Ling says that it is to see her relatives, and Blythe explains that they could do that, but the actual reason they're going is because. 
Mrs. Twombly is being honored as the originator of Kung Fu quilting. And there's going to be a ceremony for her in her honor. <laughs> I am... <laughs> this, this, this episode is ridiculous in all of the right and wrong ways. It is just ridiculous. And I am going to like try to compact the ridiculousness as much as I can into like certain areas where everything's lined up and I can just push it all down like a domino effect. But in order to do that, I need to not mention some things. And I've been doing a good job at not mentioning some of those things that I could have mentioned earlier. But I wanted to save it for this episode because, like, we're, we're spoiler, we are going to meet Penny's relatives in China while we are going to China because Mrs. Twombly is being honored as the originator of Kung Fu quilting. This, this doesn't. I. This is so nuts. But. Back to the episode. Blythe goes on to say that we are going there as Mrs. Tomley's family because her blood relatives are busy or dead, presumably. Like, she did say her sister was, like, the only living relative, or her her sole relative. Which, which means that eh, maybe some of them are dead? I mean, she didn't mention uh, someone, uh, not her sister, or was it her sister? A different relative of hers getting sick in a... Uh, Helicopter dad. Did did they die soon after? If it wasn't their sister? It's Oh god. I'm I'm discovering new new things. Even though it's been like two days since I took notes. Uh, yeah, like I took notes on Saturday. I'm recording this well, technically Tuesday. But it's like Monday night, Tuesday morning. <sighs> we're not we're not even at like the biggest thing yet. We're not even we're not even there. And I'm already this rambly. Cause this episode is just weird. <laughs> so Blythe also says that uh, their owners said that they would love them to go support Mrs. Twombly. And I guess there was a phone call uh, between when she burst into the pet area and when she first heard about this. Well, seven phone calls. But I I can't afford to get into this tangent. 
anymore. Because, like, I mean, I already talked about the nature of Blythe's work. Like, how sometimes she's really, like, on task. And sometimes she just, like, can do whatever she wants. So, that's pretty much all I have to say on the topic. So, uh, we transition to them being on the pet jet. And uh, Mrs. Twombly is working on her acceptance speech, but she can't seem to get it. And, uh, like, she crumples up her latest attempt and says, you're not accepting an award for quantum physics here, Twombly. Uh, From what I remember, the speech sounded all right for the context of they're going to China to accept the award, but I guess you do really want to make good speech. So I guess you would want to perfect it. I guess. I don't know. It's It's been a few days. I've slept like three times since then. I had a nap after coming back home from work today. So... Blythe says that she'll get there eventually. Mrs. Tombley then says that she's really excited for the trip, which Blythe agrees with. And Blythe says that she hopes to get inspiration for more designs. All right. So, so we're, we're going to China in this episode. You, you know, based on previous episodes of the podcast I am going to eventually stop by the casual racist station on this episode train so while we make a stop in appropriation junction (laughs) to debate whether or not clothes inspired by China constitute appropriation my thought on this is no because appropriation is just dressing up using the traditional outfits if you were to create an outfit like Blythe does and that's part of her job as someone who works at the Lilith's Pet Shop to create your own outfit based on uh, a place you have visited I think that's fine I might be wrong on this and we might actually see something later this season that might confirm whether or not this happened but I don't remember that because a lot of stuff has happened I haven't seen that episode in a while and I'm not going to see it until I reach it for the purposes of this podcast but as it stands if it's just inspired by Shanghai and not traditional clothing just stitched together for use in fashion I think that's fine 
This has been the stop at Appropriation Junction. We're gonna get to the casual racism stop soon enough, but you have to you have to hang in there with me. Cause when we get to the casual racism stop, we're gonna be staying there for a while. And maybe go around the loop of the casual racist station. Because there's just, there's just so much that I can pick apart. But we have to get there first, and I keep delaying it. I will try not to delay it anymore. So, Roger then pops out of the cockpit to tell Blythe something. When Blythe comes over, Roger says that the thing he has to tell her is that he has something that he can't tell Blythe. And Blythe asks for a hint, and he's just like laughing to himself, and is like, oh no, this is so good, but I can't tell you. But when Blythe asks for a hint, he says he has a surprise for Mrs. Twombly's ceremony. And he then says he has revealed too much and just gets back into the cockpit. I love you, Roger. You are like the most dad. And this is very dad. But it's it's great that you didn't take too much time out of flying the plane to do this. But I love it anyway. Anyway, Blythe asks for the pet's attention because she wants to talk to them about Mrs. Tombley's ceremony. Blythe wonders where Penny is, and the pets tell her that she's been lost in her own world since she found out she was going to meet her relatives. Blythe just thinks to inform Penny later. So then she gathers everyone else around to show off her design of a Chinese dragon based on, you know, the actual Chinese dragon. Vinny and Sunil get scared and Russell says it's not real. It's just a puppet. And Blythe says that's correct and says that these puppets are used for Chinese New Year's celebrations and that it would be great to have them build one to use during the ceremony. So Sunil asks why they need a dragon and Blythe explains that the tradition states that when accompanied by drums it is said to banish evil spirits. Now, I do want to point out that this is true in a sense. I looked it up like most sources tell me that the dance is more to bring good luck, but the method of doing that is to banish all of the evil spirits and the bad luck they carry with them. But again, I am not an expert on Chinese culture. So maybe the information I found 
was wrong, but this is the information I found. And going off of this premise, we're gonna be going into one of the major sticking points of casual racism station. <laughs> so, uh, Vinny and Sunil start freaking out a bit more at the notion of these evil spirits. And Russell is just about to chastise them when he realizes that what that means is that there are going to be ghosts there. And Russell is afraid of ghosts. Blythe says that it's part of the tradition and that Vinny can dance the ghosts away. And Vinny hears that and his confidence goes through the roof. So, Pepper, Minka, and Zoe says that they're alright, but that Russell is on edge. And Zoe asks him about his fear of ghosts, and he confirms this along with his fear of marshmallows. Zoe then points and says, It's a ghost marshmallow! This scares Russell into a frenzy, and he jumps and hits the top of the plane with his quill, so he's just stuck up there while the girls are laughing. This is fine for now, but it gets not right later. Anyway, Penny is looking at herself in the mirror and goes on about all of the questions she has about herself and her relatives, like the size of her belly, or the size of her eyes, or her painted toenails. <laughs> Blythe says that painted toenails aren't really an inherited trait, and um, she then goes on to say that Penny could find out about all of these because the ceremony takes place at the Shanghai Wildlife Preserve, presumably in relation to uh, Mrs. Twombly opening a pet shop and running it, and possibly all of the charity work she did in her days of kung fu quilting that probably went to a lot of animal shelters to make sure that they don't, you know, kill animals. So, credit where credit is due. And uh, Penny says that that's where her relatives are. And Blythe calls out the coincidence on this. And Penny says that you couldn't write this stuff. So, uh, Penny then has a fantasy about what it would be like to meet her relatives. And it's... Uh, fantastical in every sense of the word it is very exaggerated how much uh they like penny and get along with penny right away and just like ha like their toenails are actually the same it's it's just a very odd scene and we're finally, finally here at Casual Racism Station. So, one of the things is that Penny Ling is a panda. And in this episode, 
She is confirmed to be from China or of Chinese descent. However, Penny's voice actress is white. And we've talked about this before with Sunil, with Jasper, with Ramon and Desi. So, the reason I put off talking about this is that it was only confirmed now. And also, her relatives. So, we see her relatives in the fantasy, and they're the same relatives that we see later with a few others. But... Mainly the three we see in the fantasy. And I looked it up. They have really, really thick Chinese accents and are Chinese and living in China, but they are also played by white people. And the accents, again are very thick when it comes to Chinese accents that people put on. But they're white. <laughs> so you can see that, that that's a bit of a problem already. So, while we have arrived at Casual Racism Station, we're not done exploring it but we do have to just go to like the gift shop or like I don't know an orange Julius to just get a refreshment or something but then we will continue our tour of Casual Racism Station uh, later when things get worse. They get worse. <laughs> A lot worse. Anyway, um, so they land in Shanghai and are in the hotel. Penny's excited to go see her relatives, but Blythe wants to make sure everything is okay. She checks on her dad in the shower, and he says he can't go because he's still preparing for the surprise at the ceremony. But he pops out of the bathroom wearing a bathrobe, which is already very dad, but also a shower cap. And that is peak dad. And that is great. Never change. <laughs> So then Blythe checks on Mrs. Twombly and she is practicing her art of Kung Fu quilting. Blythe notices this and says that she looks fine. Mrs. Twombly says to you maybe, but I'll be in front of a bunch of devoted Kung Fu quilters. I have to be on top of my game. And so she continues to practice. And that's a fair point. That is just a fair point. She then lastly checks on the pets to see how the dragon costume is going. 
And they say that everything is going well and that Blythe left a detailed instructions. Pepper then asks if it has been treated, and, and when Blythe asks for what, Pepper says, Ghost repellent! And the girls minus Penny laugh. Vinny and Sunil look at them mad, and Russell becomes scared and asks if she could pick up some ghost repellent when she's out. I kind of agree with Vinny and Sunil on this. Like, you already got to Russell already. You don't need to keep scaring him. And also, this kind of just makes fun of the dance itself in a way. Because, like, they keep laughing at the idea that ghosts exist. And I'm not saying that uh, all of China or most of China believes that ghosts exist. But laughing at it in this context strikes me personally as sort of disingenuous because they're saying the dance isn't necessary because there's no such thing as ghosts. But that is not the point. The point is, is that this is a tradition that they have upheld for a long period of time. And you are being rude by discrediting it. And it really is more about bringing good luck... And there's nothing wrong with wanting good luck. Even if luck is not the most believable concept either. But that's not the point either. You are just laughing at a cultural tradition that has been around longer than the country you live in. So... I don't think it's nice to make fun of that. That's right, we're back at Casual Racism Station, and this is a mainstay of the episode, the fact that the girls keep making fun of the fact that ghosts exist, which I think diminishes the dance, when it is just... A tradition of this country that they're visiting and being honored at. That that's real positive behavior right there. So once Blythe is done there, uh Penny asks if they can go and Blythe says yes. So, uh, Blythe says that before they, uh, go to the sanctuary, uh, Blythe wants to do some sightseeing, and specifically she wants to see the Bund District, the Yu Yuan Garden, also just called the Yu Garden, and the Marketplace. Penny says that's fine, but she wants to take the really fast shuttle bus tour, and Blythe laughs at the idea but then a bus comes by 
that says really fast shuttle tour and they agree to go on it. I will say this is one of the dumb things about the show that I can say fits in the universe just fine. I like it. I don't think it's too dumb for this show. Kung Fu Quilting might be, but that's just my opinion, and that's kind of the point of this, uh, you know, tangent at this point. Because, like, like, what I find dumb just really comes down to taste, and the line between what is too dumb for this show and not too dumb for this show is very fine and really limited to my opinions on it. So, if I say something is too dumb, it's just my opinion. And I don't think this is too dumb. So, on the bus, the bus rushes around town, stopping briefly at places tourists are interested in. So, Blythe gets a photo of the Bund, Jade Rock at uh, U Garden, and a Chinese junk slash that boat you think of when you think of Chinese boats. That's the best way I can explain it. And Penny misunderstands when she hears the word junk because she thinks Blythe means that it's garbage, but then Blythe explains to her that's just what the boats are called, junks. So then they stop and get off at the Wildlife Preserve. Penny really wants to go, but Blythe says she will catch up because being atop of the really fast shuttle bus ruined her hair. And she wants to get it back to normal or styled, at least. So Penny rushes in about as fast as the bus uh, that was taking her here. And she finally gets to meet her relatives. But before we go to that place in Casual Racism Station, we go back to the hotel. Sunil asks if this will really keep the ghosts away. And Rini says that with him in front and with everyone else, including Penny Ling, they will be fine. Russell is nervous about that. And the girls who are present ask how Vinny will keep the spirits out and then use some of the sheets to dress as ghosts to make fun of them. Kind of Pozovici behavior. So... Sunil and Russell run off, but Vinny says, with pleasure, and takes their ghost costumes off. And then we get to a song. This is my favorite, favorite part of the episode. My absolute favorite part of the episode, because you'll, you will see... You will see. So, it transfers into a fantasy realm where they are on the Great Wall of China 
and music starts playing. Finny starts rapping about he's going to defeat the ghosts. So then three traditional Chinese ghosts show up and get taken out by Vinny by rap and then the ghosts of the army that the terracotta army is uh based on I guess that's that's a really odd way of putting it but that's like the the terracotta army shows up and the leader starts rapping against Vinny turning it from a rap into a rap battle but Vinny takes them out because there's only 101 of them that showed up for this out of the 8,000 soldiers that are there at the terracotta army site and then an actual Chinese dragon shows up and raps against Vinny but then Vinny defeats the dragon and then scares it off this is amazing in every sense of the word and my words cannot do justice because this is just great this is the stupid I love in this show I was not expecting a rap battle when I first watched this episode but it was so worth it so worth it and I love it and out of all of the silly songs that don't mesh with the style of the show I would have to say that this one's my favorite although maybe getting into closer into some some might give this a run for its money but but it's a rap battle on the Great Wall of China against the Terracotta Army and a dragon. You, you really cannot top that. So, the pets cheer for Vinny's victory, and Minka remarks that Penny missed a heck of a fantasy. And, like... You might expect me to go on and rant about the fantasy and how it was broken. But, like, the remark was made after the fantasy was finished. So, at that point, they can acknowledge the fantasy. But when they're in the fantasy, like, acknowledging the fantasy doesn't make sense. That's, That's what was wrong with that at the museum. Yeah, this this episode has a lot of stuff from previous episodes that we're talking about, including the casual racism, but the casual racism is going harder, as we'll see in this next scene. At the Wildlife Sanctuary, Penny finds 
a cousin of hers and talks to them. They talk back and wonder if she's speaking to him. Penny affirms that she is his cousin from America. The cousin, Ling Pen, clever, clever, <laughs> says he can tell she's American from her accent. Penny wonders about her accent, and Ling Pen says that she has an accent. And he says he knows all about America from... <laughs> from American movie musicals. Ling Pen introduces Penny to two of her other cousins, Ling Jun and Jun Ling, who also love American movie musicals. Uh, we're... And... I know, I know we're already at Casual Racism Station, but let's just let this scene play out before we discuss anything. So, Penny compares her traits with them and finds that they have the eyes and the belly, but not the painted toenails, and says that two out of three ain't bad. And then uh, Penny asks if they want to hear about her life. They say no because they know so much about American life from movies. Penny asks about them and they say, We live here and we enjoy American movie musicals. And these, these are the same cousins from the fantasy. They're just different than what Penny expected them to be. Just wanted to point that out. So the cousins ask Penny how often she sings in the rain. Penny says that that doesn't happen. And then they ask about wearing shoes with clickety clacks on them and dancing on stage. Penny says she hasn't done too much of that. Now, both of these statements are true. While she sings a lot, she doesn't sing in the rain. And Vinny was the one who had tap shoes or clickety-clacks and danced on stage, not Penny. So, so they then present Penny... With a vaudeville hat and cane, I think? The kind of, like, hat and cane that goes with what Dick Van Dyke was wearing in, like, the painting scene in Mary Poppins, I guess is the best thing I can think of. The show hat, the one where you wear with the, like, striped shirt? You... You should know what I mean, I think. I don't know what it's called, though, so this is the best descriptor I've got. And then Ling Pen starts dancing and singing with them. So then it cuts to later, where they're actually ripping off Singing in the Rain. But the final line is, 
and in the rain we sing. So they don't say singing in the rain, but it's very obvious that that's what they're doing. And Penny looks bored, but when they stop and notice, once they're done, she turns around and cheers them on for seven musical numbers in a row. They then invite her over tomorrow night for a traditional family dinner where she will be the guest of honor. And she is asked to wear an American costume. Penny is ecstatic for this opportunity and agrees to be there. The cousins have to rest because they did seven musical numbers in a row. So Penny just goes back to the hotel. Oh my goodness. That was very, very casually racist. So on top of like the whole white person voicing a Chinese character. There's just the whole we know what American life is like based on what we've seen about America. And like it, it just feels wrong that that is that and I don't know it's I think it might have like something to do with China's censorship that I think that it's wrong but I just think it's wrong because like like like, it's saying that Chinese people don't know about America outside of, like, the movie musical. It's really, really terrible. I don't... I can't... I can't defend it, but I don't know how to, like, go against it. Because I, I just know it's bad. I don't know exactly why I think it's bad. I just think it's bad. It's just very not good. Oh boy. It's it's not great. I don't I don't know why. I just I don't think it's great. <sighs> So, a little while later, Penny is with Blythe, and Blythe says, I'm glad we're taking the normal speed shuttle back to the hotel, which is exactly the type of reprieve I needed from the previous scene. And Blythe asks how family time went. Penny says that it had some lulls, but it went great. Blythe suggests stopping by tomorrow before Mrs. Trombley's ceremony. But Penny tells her about the dinner. 
Blanth says that you can't miss the ceremony, and it's why we're here. But Penyling gets upset because she really wants to go and starts crying and talks about how it's her family, her real family. And in an effort to get her to stop crying, Blythe agrees to let Penny miss the ceremony. Penny thanks Blythe for being understanding, and Blythe hopes the rest of the pets are understanding as well. So, back at the hotel, the rest of the pets are putting the finishing touches on the dragon. Blythe and Penny walk in, and Blythe compliments a job well done. The pets say that there's plenty of room for you in the back, Penny Lang, and Blythe and Penny get nervous, and Penny agrees to tell them. Penny says that she's invited to a dinner with her family, and at first the pets celebrate it, but Penny informs them that it's tomorrow night. So the pets freak out on her and feel abandoned by her because the dance will not be as good without her. Penny says that this is her real family and runs out because she really wants to go and wants to know about her family. So, Blythe comforts the rest of the pets and says Penny Lang will come when the time is right. So, Blythe hears Mrs. Twombly scream and Blythe goes to check on her. Mrs. Twombly says that the hotel washed her kung fu quilting uh, outfit, but it shrunk. Blythe says she can fix it and Mrs. Twombly is relieved. Penny calls for Blythe and asks her to make an American costume. Blythe asks what that is, and Penny says she doesn't know, but it seems important. Blythe agrees and is exasperated. So, Penny is practicing her Chinese, as she only knows Ni Hao. So... At tomorrow night, the theater, Russell looks out and sees a full house. Zoe sarcastically asks if it includes the ghosts. And yeah, it's still kind of dumb to like disparage tradition this tradition that is meant to celebrate a new year it's like it's like saying oh just because the ball doesn't drop doesn't mean that it won't be midnight that might be a true statement. It's still terrible to say because it's a celebration and a tradition that we've had for a while. Not as long as this tradition, but it's the same idea in practice. So, 
Russell is nervous and notes Penny's not here. Blythe still has faith in Penny and says it'll be fine. At the sanctuary, Penny's cousins are hanging out and Penny greets them with a ni hao. Ling Pen says that her Chinese was good even though it's probably one of the most simplest and easy to use phrases. But, you know, take what you can get. But that her accent is still there. They turn to see Penny and she is dressed as the Statue of Liberty. Penny explains that this is her American costume that Blythe made. And Penny asks if they like it and they ask what musical it is from. And Penny's like, oh, you wanted a musical thing. And I have three things to say about this scene that go from most pertinent to least pertinent. But I feel like saying them anyway. So first off, the Statue of Liberty is not even in On the Town? Or any other notable movie musicals? I went to On the Town because it's probably the most prominent movie musical. I can remember where the Statue of Liberty is in it, possibly. It has been a while since I've seen On the Town, so I don't remember. But if you watched and have liked Singing in the Rain and are known for watching American movie musicals and enjoying them immensely, not even on the town? Like, like that that's that's sort of a classic in a sense i I don't know how much it holds up, but like I don't know I watched it when I was young and my brother was in it at a production at his high school, and I watched it then. I haven't seen it in a while though but why why would it not be in on the town or any other movie musical like might not be prominent on the town, but I don't know. It could still be in there. Second, interestingly enough, there is a musical sort of about the Statue of Liberty called Miss Liberty, but it wasn't made into a musical. Uh, a movie musical, rather. Uh, it is a musical. Although, uh, I did look that up. And it is a very interesting musical, and one I would not mind seeing. I don't know if they're doing productions of it or not, or where they would be, but it, it is very interesting, to say the least. So, third, uh, I believe you can see the Statue of Liberty in some wide shots of downtown city where we just see an overview of the city. So they might have that or not have it since technically the Statue of Liberty is in New Jersey waters, but it's operated by New York City. 
So New York City proper might still operate it, but downtown city is closer to it than New York City proper, I guess. I just wanted to point that out. So back to the episode. Uh, the cousins are like, it doesn't matter. Time to eat. So at the table, we see the three cousins we know, some young ones, and an older panda. We never figure out who the young ones are related to or who the older panda is related to. To touch on that one a little later in my notes, if I mentioned it. So they are sitting down to eat what looks to be a traditional meal out of bowls and using chopsticks and everything. So wh why does this wildlife sanctuary allow animals to eat out of bowls and stuff? I mean, like, I I've already accepted that animals can watch things. But, like, even, like, the littlest pet shop day camp has, you know, bowl, like, pet bowls for everyone. Not, like, actual bowls you would see in a cabinet. But, uh... Penny sits down and smells what's for dinner and says it smells like pepper when she's not very happy. Ling Pen says that it's stinky tofu and that they like it a lot. The older panda speaks in Chinese and uh, Ling Pen says that the elder panda says that the smellier it is, the better it tastes. I couldn't verify that. Because when I turned on the subtitles to see what he was saying in Chinese, it, the subtitle just said, speaking Chinese in parentheses. So, I couldn't do, like, the least bit of translating it which was just like going to google translate and putting the phrase in and seeing if i could get anything from it and it wouldn't it wouldn't be a hundred percent accurate because you know google translate but i find that like if it's a simpler thing google translate can work with it well but like it also is Google Translate, but even then, like, we can get an idea of it, even if it is garbled a bit. I don't know. It's very hard, but we couldn't get over it. And, yeah, I did have the thing about we don't know who these pandas are related to. And that this old panda is just known as Elder Panda. Like... Like, are they related to this panda? Or does he just live with them? And do the little ones live with them? Or is he, like, someone's grandpa? Or all of their grandpas? And their mothers and fathers are whatever. 
somewhere else? This is a wildlife preserve. Are they just dead? And, like, separated? Because, like, Penny went to America, and those three ended up here along with their grandpa, and maybe the little ones as well? But then whose grandkids are they? Whose kids are they then? I don't know. Um, like, there, there's, like, so much that I do not know. It's very weird. And Penny is just unsure about how tasty the stinky tofu is. So at the theater, Russell is freaking out because Penny hasn't showed up yet and they're almost on. The announcer, who is also Chinese but played by a white person, <laughs> says that they are on and performing a ceremonial dragon dance for their guest of honor, Anna Twombly. So the rest of the pets agree to go for it and go on stage. However, the puppet is noticeably sagging uh, in the back. So at the sanctuary, Ling Pen says it's time for the dragon dance. And Penny is excited because she knows what this is. Ling Pen then informs her that there's no room for her in the puppet. Penny admits that she doesn't fit in, but then realizes where she does fit in. So the pets are doing the dance, and it looks good, and things are going well. However, they get caught on a nail that is stuck out because of the slump in the back. So uh, when they keep trying to do the dance, they start spinning... Like how Mario tosses Bowser in Mario 64. So with everyone worried, Penny and her family show up. And Penny rushes to the stage to get into the costume. And uh, greets everyone with a ni hao. And everyone is excited to see her. So Penny loosens the puppet from the nail. And they continue their dance, now with Penny's family also performing with them in their dragon puppet. And they are really good at uh, performing together. And uh, it looks really well. I don't know how traditional it is, but I'm not, I'm not the one that is supposed to be looking that up for the purpose of this episode, but it looks, it looks good. And, uh, they, they also do the thing where they run up each other's feet. I think they do that twice in the episode. And, um, it's really good. I like it. It's, it's fun and interesting and really cool to look at and uh so there's that and then after the performance everyone is celebrating and penny apologizes and says you're my real family as much as my actual family and they all hug it out so then the presenter introduces anna tomley as their guest of honor and uh, Mrs. Tromley jumps out and gives a little demonstration of her craft. 
And then she is awarded a plaque for her contribution to Kung Fu quilting as its master and originator. Mrs. Tomley gives a speech where she thanks her family, both those who could not be here and those who could be here. She especially thanks Blythe, who made it all possible in the first place. So, so, Roger jumps out of his seat and says, That's my daughter. But he isn't just Roger. No. In an all-time dad move. Roger is dressed as Elvis Presley to put on a show for Mrs. Twombly. And he starts dancing and Blythe says, That's my dad! (laughs) And Ling Pen tells Penny that that is a good musical costume. So... Blythe, Mrs. Tombly, the pets, and Penny's family dance to the rockabilly that is playing, which I guess is diegetic now, but it could easily have just been background music, but apparently it's just diegetic. So Penny is in between the pets and her family and just says family to close out the episode. So... Before we leave Casual Racism Station, there's one last thing we need to see or talk about or whatever. So, as you might have been able to tell, the message of the episode is... Family can be blood-related, or it cannot be blood-related. And that's a weird, weird message to put in an episode about China. A country that stresses the importance of blood-related family. Now, I don't disagree with the message... Because I'm from a Western society where I was taught that, or where that's more acceptable at least, but, like, when you do an episode in China and your message goes against something that China holds up as part of its cultural foundation, that's when it gets a bit weird. And I don't know which philosophy is actually better 100% for sure. Maybe China is right on this. Maybe Western civilization is right on this. I don't know. Or maybe they're both right and just used for different cultural contexts. And it just seems very, very odd in general. It it would be like if they did an episode in India about 
meat being okay. Like, I wouldn't disagree with your premise. I would disagree with how you told your premise. Like, I would agree with Arthur Miller that McCarthyism is not okay and really terrible. But... I can also tell Arthur Miller that The Crucible just kind of sucks and is really boring and uninteresting. So so the message might be fine, but the way the message is told, I don't 100% agree with. So, we now say farewell to Casual Racism Station and make our last stop for the day at the What We've Learned Central Hub. The end of the line, as it were. So, What We've Learned Hub has an exhibit on this episode where it talks about Casual Racism Station, and how casually racist this episode was. And that kind of colored my opinion on this episode more negatively. And honestly, I kind of think that this would be my most changed episode in a negative light. Like how Helicopter Dad was my most changed episode in a positive light, because... It got me thinking about more ideas that I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. This episode does the same, but in the opposite direction. And I'm not saying this episode is all bad. In fact, the rap was great. And, you know, part like if you get over the casual racism... Or if you can say this is that and stuff and just like just place it aside like some of the scenes were alright and I like some of it but like like just how casually racist it gets just like leaves not a good taste in my mouth so uh that should be it for this episode of the littlest pet cast be sure to leave your comments and reviews on shout engine on apple podcast on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they are taking a really fast shuttle tour. And be sure to tune in for the next episode, which I hope will be more on time. Grounded. And this one is also a bit of a doozy, just not as much as this as this rough in the sort of field of diamonds I was playing with like in like 
some of the earlier episodes of this season. Like, I mean, Blythe, like Blythe's big idea, so interesting. Super Senile, Sweet Pepper, those are just like good episodes. And then, then we come to this one, and oh boy. And then Grounded, the next one is like not not as bad, hopefully, but like interesting in a different way. And I hope to see you there for it. Thank you for your time. I will see you then.